We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday listen to Conversation with Unc hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. So, Jorge, if you could visit any place in the universe, where would you choose to go? I'd go to the top of Mount Everest to check out the view. What? You would waste free teleportation to anywhere in the universe on going to the top of Mount Everest? Yeah, I mean, uh, how many people get to see that view of being at the top of Mount Everest? All right, well, I'll have to remind you that this was a one-way offer. So if you do that, you're going to have to climb down by yourself. I'm not teleporting you back. (laughs) Great. Um, Well, where would you go, Daniel? I would go somewhere near a black hole, like the black hole in the the center of our galaxy. Hmm. What would that look like? That's the point. Nobody really knows what a black hole looks like. And so I want to get close enough to figure it out. I want to go be a tourist at a black hole. You would, uh, you would take a picture. I went to see this black hole and all I got was this crazy t-shirt. <laughs> and you got ripped to shreds by gravitational uh, tides. <laughs> That's right. That's right, yeah. Hi, I'm Jorge. And I'm Daniel. And welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we zoom around the universe and zoom inside your head and try to bring one inside the other. That's right. We try to paint a picture for you of all the amazing and incredible things out there in the universe to know about and to see. Because all these ideas are like exploding inside our minds. And we want to share that with you. We want to take them apart, break them into pieces, send them down the internet in little electronic bits so they can reassemble inside your mind. And you can also have that crazy mind-blown experience when you realize how insane the universe is. That's right. And uh, But I guess the question is, are there things in the universe that we can't see? Definitely. There are lots of things in the universe we can't see. I mean, there are lots of things we can see only very slightly. There's things we can see very indirectly, right? Mm. But there must also be things in the universe that we can't see at all, right? Yeah. There are things that we might never see. Yeah. I mean, imagine if the universe was filled with some sort of particle that didn't interact with our kind of matter at all, right? So it had no, it was like dark matter, but had no mass, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, then we couldn't interact with it at all, and we would never know it was there. There'd be no way to tell if it's there or not. Mm. Well, today on the podcast, we are going to talk about one such thing out there in the universe that, that maybe we can or cannot see. Can you see a black hole? What would a black hole look like? And what technology do you need to use to detect it and to spot it? That's the topic of today's podcast. Yeah, like if you were out floating in space and you saw one and you took out your phone and took a picture, what would that picture look like? 
Yeah, exactly. What would your black hole selfie look like, right? Just before you got shredded by the black hole and <laughs> slurped up and by the universe's biggest blender slash toilet, what would that awesome last Instagram post look like? Mm, and how many likes would you get? That's the, uh, that's the real question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be an infinitely dense like. Is there an option on Instagram to like things in different ways, like thumbs up, smile, black hole? <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> black holes are a fascinating thing, right? You hear about them a lot in science fiction, and they're also depicted often in movies. And I wonder sometimes the folks that have to put these visuals together. You know, how much mm -hmm. research have they done to figure out what would this thing actually look like? Um, do they just like sketch in their minds what they think a black hole might be? Do they call up a physicist and say, what would this look like? Um, right. There's a huge variety. If you just Google, for example, black hole, do a Google image search for black hole, you get a mm. big variety of results. Well, how, how many variations can there be? Isn't it just a, a black hole? <laughs> yeah, they're all just black, right? Very clever. No, um, they all feature some black thing in the center, right, that looks like a hole. And then it's what's around them that's interesting. And that's the clue mm. for today's episode, that what's around a black hole is the fascinating bit. Some of them mm. have, like, distorted space. Some of them have, like, gas being pulled around. Some of them have just, like, general mystical swirly stuff. Yeah, but I guess it kind of touches on this idea that, you know, as humans... We, uh, we like to see it to believe it, right? Like we need to see something to know that it exists. Yeah, we'd like to have the most direct evidence of something before we really think that it exists. And this applies in lots of cases, like, you know, in solving a murder, right? You have mm. to, be, basically, you have to have a body to convict somebody of murder, right? right. Um, no matter what evidence you have, if there's no body, you know, no court is going to send somebody to jail. In the same way, if you speculate, oh, maybe this thing exists out there in space, and people want to know, all right, well, show us one, right? I think that's totally yeah. reasonable. Yeah, in a sense, it's theoretical until somebody sees it or touches it, right? Yeah, and it applies also to questions of like life. We can get indirect evidence for life on another planet based on like what's going on in the atmosphere and changes in the methane rates or whatever. But still, people are like, okay, send something over there with a microscope. Let's see it in action. We want to see it to believe it, right? Oh, you're right. I think you're right. Like if, if physicists came out with the news tomorrow, hey, we have, have some methane readings from planet, the, the variations in the orbit of planet XYZ 3,000 light years away, that tells us there's, that there's life there, uh, how many people do you think would believe it? How many people believe physicists in general? Yeah, that's another question <laughs> I know the answer to. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think physicists have a pretty good reputation because we don't, we're pretty conservative about making claims. We mm. don't make big, bold claims until we're pretty sure of them. But mm. I think a lot of people would want to see it. And anyway, even if you believed physicists, the next right. thing you would want them to do is like, go check it out. Like, let's build a bigger telescope or let's send a ship there. Or like, I want to go. Like, what is on that planet, right? Your curiosity yeah. would just demand to see this thing. Yeah. Is that, one, is that the last step in um, the physics handbook for how to do research is check it out? <laughs> check it out, yeah. No, we do a lot of that actually in research, right? We try to visualize our data. We try to show, we try to look at what we're studying and show it in a clear way that, that makes it obvious what it is we, we've learned or what it is we're trying to study. Even, for example, you know, like the Higgs boson. You know, when we look for the Higgs boson, we, you could argue, well, we're just looking for the Higgs field. It's this thing that fills space. But to prove that it exists, we needed to see it turn into the Higgs boson. We needed to actually identify this particle directly. Even though all the theoretical indications suggested that it really had to exist, mm -hmm. that the universe didn't make sense without it. We had lots of indirect knowledge. Until we actually produced the Higgs and could see it, then, you know, we, we couldn't really claim that, we had, that it, it was part of physics. Right. Even though it affects everything else, you see the effects of it. It wasn't until you saw that, 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 that little particle turn into other particles that you were convinced that it existed, right? Exactly. And now let me like get out of that chair and sit in the other chair and argue the complete opposite side of the story, <laughs> which is that... Right. Daniel versus Daniel. All right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but, which is, that's ridiculous because everything we see is indirect. I mean, what does it really mean to see something directly, right? Does it mean the photons from it landed in your eyeball? Yeah. You know, um, most of the stuff we see from space, the photons are not landing in your eyeball. They hit some telescope, and that telescope converts them from radio into something else, and then you get a picture on your screen. The photons from that thing are not hitting your eyeball, right? 
Yeah, but the like the sensor in that mic- a telescope is acting as a proxy for your eye, right? Like, yeah. I know there's a photon that came from that star and that hit something on Earth, and I believe that the the chip, the microchip, registered it. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying you're still seeing it even if there's some indirect proxy, right? If there's a step between you and it where some machine has translated the information from one kind of thing to another kind of thing, right? You're saying that's still seeing it. Yeah, because it, and it, I think it has, to, it has to be a photon related, right? Like if you told me, um, it, it's kind of harder to believe if it's just like the gravitational effect or, you know, the the something else. It, you know, knowing that there's light coming from that thing makes me believe it more. I see. That's interesting. It has to be light, huh? Because, for example, you know, cosmic ray particles, right? They hit detectors and we say, oh, we saw that particle, even if it wasn't the photon. Um, Mm. And I would say everything is indirect. I mean, every kind of information you get is indirect. I mean, the folks who are listening to this right now, they're not actually listening to the sound waves that are coming out of my mouth. They're transformed into electrons and stored on a hard drive somewhere, right? Right. And those sound waves are recreated. Except for the live studio audience I have here in front of me. (laughs) They're getting it live. Is that that all the people who've who've, um, made the pilgrimage to your house and you've trapped them in the basement (laughs) and forced them to be a live audience? I have a 200-person auditorium in my garage. (laughs) I knew Um, it. I mean, it's empty right now. Nobody came today, but... (laughs) That's why you're using the laugh track. Well, I would say that it's a pretty subtle distinction. It's hard to make a really solid point uh, to distinguish between seeing things directly and seeing things Mm -hmm. indirectly. Because in the end, I think everything is indirect at some level. Um, I mean, there's there's layers there, but uh, some things are less indirect than others, but yeah. Well, the question was, um, can we see a black hole? And so this touches on, like, uh, if you can't see... If you can't see a black hole, how do you know it exists? Yeah, exactly. And if you can't see it directly, what are you looking at? And uh, Mm. the teaser is that black holes, while they're black, actually produce some of the brightest, the strongest radiation in the universe. Mm. But before we dig into that, we thought, let's find out what people around town think about seeing a black hole. Yeah. As usual, Daniel went out into the streets and asked people out there, complete strangers, uh, if they could see a black hole. Here's what they had to say. Do you think it's possible to see a black hole? Maybe detect some radiations from them, maybe. Well, I don't think a telescope would do it, but I do know that they are able to probably get pictures of black holes, but I'm not entirely sure how. <laughs> cool. I don't know much about that, but I feel like technically you want to say that you wouldn't be able because it's a black hole, so there would be no light. Mm-hmm. But it may be in contrast with the rest next to it, it might be possible. Yes. Yes, you think so? Okay, great. I actually don't know if it's possible to see it, but maybe you can feel it. You can feel it, yeah. Yeah. This is a really dumb answer, but like TV shows and movies, I think they depict it as if we can, but I really don't. I think it's just for like show for all of that, so I don't think. What does it look like on TV or in the movies? It's just like a void, like a. It's literally like a black hole. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, from my like, understanding, based on my the books I'm reading, I think the black hole looks like just a hole, but there's nothing you can see, just like the black dot on the universe. Okay. Cool. A black hole. I don't think we can see with our um, bare eyes. What about with a telescope? Telescope. I I don't think so. No. Right. The light. The light gets sucked in. Just, okay. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I suppose you can see the absence of, uh, in this case, uh, absence of evidence is evidence of absence or right. something like that. So, yeah. So maybe I changed my answer to yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. A, a pretty good mix of opinions there. Yeah, people really touched on the same issues that we were just raising, which is like, what does it mean to see a black hole, right? Mm. One guy even switched his answer mid-thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, yes, yes, no. <laughs> I like the person who just said yes. Like, <laughs> did they have? Did, have they seen one? Did they have some proof that nobody else has? They spoke with a lot of confidence. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, wow, that's. Uh, I'd like to be that certain about anything. <laughs> it would have been funny if they said, "Yes, how did you know?" or "Who told you?" <laughs> I know if there were aliens that came here from a black hole, maybe they would have like felt like I had outed them, right? Mm, Accidentally yeah. stumbled across. Not uh, at all. Visitors. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> what, what are you, you talking mean? about? Zap. <laughs> I have never seen a black hole or a green hole. <laughs> or a white hole. And that's how Daniel got fried by a laser gun. <laughs> 
So let's dig into it. Let's think about what it's like to take a picture of a black hole. All right, Daniel, here's the question. Can you see a black hole directly? No. Podcast over. Um, no, the, um, obviously the black hole itself is black, right? And for, so Mm. for those of you who don't know a lot about black holes, remember they are very, very dense objects, right? They're enormously dense, so dense that they have really strong gravitational pull and the gravity is so strong that even light can't escape them, right? So the general trope is that something that goes into a black hole, a light, a chair, a banana, a podcast host will never leave, right? Which means that they appear black. Well, here's the, here's the part that confuses me. I thought a black hole was like a, a point, like a the, the thing that you can actually call the black hole is actually like an infinitesimal point, right? Isn't it? Well, that's a great question. We don't actually know what's going on inside the black hole, but let's break it down. The black hole itself, what we consider the edge of the black hole, something we call the event horizon, is mm-hmm. the point where any closer, the gravity is so strong and you'll never leave. Okay, so if say you're right, say that there is a singularity, a super duper dense blob of matter that's infinitely small, there would still be points, even if you're not actually touching it, where the gravity would be so strong you could never leave. So there's like mm. a circle, a sphere around it, we call the event horizon. And so what you would call a black hole then is basically anything inside of the event horizon. That's right. But it's important for, for people to know that we don't know what's going on inside the event horizon. We don't. General relativity tells us maybe it's a singularity. There's a super dense blob of matter there that's dense enough to cause this, uh, this gravitational hole so that this, to create this event horizon. But quantum mechanics tells us that's impossible because you can't have so much stuff in such a tiny isolated spot. So we don't know what's going on inside it. So generally, when we talk about the black hole, we mean seeing inside of the event horizon or seeing right. this, this object, which is essentially uh, like a black sphere. Right. And, and that can be of different sizes, right? Like between the event horizon and the actual middle of the black hole, th- that distance can vary, right? Like you can have a little black hole or you can have a huge, huge black hole, right? Yeah, exactly. You can have tiny little cute black holes or enormous black holes. And they would look like different size black balls, basically. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And the difference is in the mass, right? The more mass you have, the further away you can be from the black hole and still have enough gravitational pull that you can't ever escape. So the mass of the black hole determines the size of the event horizon. Hmm. Okay, so if you call the black hole basically the event horizon, which is defined as the sphere at which, uh, from which no light escapes, then by definition, you cannot see a black hole. That's right. By definition, you can't see it. But there's always a caveat in physics, mm. right? And in this case, you know, black holes do give off a tiny little glow. All right. I mean, mm. they are black, right? Nothing can leave them. They don't reflect any light because a photon hitting them gets sucked in. But this clever guy named Stephen Hawking says that they do give off a very, very little glow. Huh. It's called Hawking radiation. And um, so, so what, what is that? It means that at the edge of the event horizon, it's kind of leaking radiation, right? Yeah, because remember that particles are always doing crazy stuff. And sometimes a particle very close to the event horizon will split into two particles momentarily. This is a normal thing for particles to do when they're going around their business. They split into two particles and then they come back like a photon. Might turn into an electron and positron and then back into a photon. So what can happen if it's very close to the event horizon is that one side gets bumped out of the event horizon while one side is in the event horizon. If the photon is like right on the event horizon. So Mm -hmm. one side gets sucked in and the other side leaks out. And that's called Hawking radiation. Wow. So the way you would see that is at the very kind of surface of this black sphere, you would see kind of a a boiling, right? You would see kind of these particles just kind of popping out. Yeah, exactly. And the... How, how often it happens depends on something of the temperature of the black hole. So Stephen Hawking was the first person to think about what? black hole thermodynamics. I know. So you can uh, have a hot black crazy. hole and a cool black hole? <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, you can have a spicy black hole and a mild black hole. <laughs> and there's all sorts of different Jalapeno flavors. Jalapeno black holes. <laughs> no, it's actually a really interesting question, sort of philosophically and physically, is how many properties can a black hole have? 
You know, what mm. can you know about a black hole? But that's a whole other topic like, we should investigate sometimes. Can you have a fat black hole? Or yeah, a, um, but, but you should know that this Hawking radiation is really, really mild. Like, you know, it's a few particles here and there. It's not something that you could reliably detect. It would be really hard to see that over the background of anything. But the point is that a black hole, even, even if you were looking straight at it, it wouldn't be perfectly black, right? Like, a, you know how in a computer you can have zero value for black? If you look at a black hole, it would, it would you would see just a little tiny glow, right? It wouldn't be a perfect black. Yeah, just a little tiny glow. I don't think it's I don't think it's possible to detect that with any sort of current technology. Um, mm. But I think we should, you know, for those listeners out there who are who are very knowledgeable black holes, I want to give a shout out to those folks. They do emit Hawking radiation, but as you say, with today's technology, that's not detectable. Right. But if you were there and you had a perfect uh, selfie camera, you would you would detect a little bit of stuff there. Yeah, but you'd have a hard time arguing that it came from the black hole because you might just be picking up random photons, right? So mm. distinguishing radiation from the black hole from radiation from something else nearby might be very difficult. That's that's why it's hard to see things that are very, very soft, right? Because okay. they, they look like a lot of other stuff. Well, uh, you could also see a black hole if it floated in front of something bright. Like you would see, like if it passed in front of a big sun, then you would see this little black circle, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, so one way to see a black hole is to see it occlude something else, right? For it to block something bright. Um, but that has to be just the right arrangement of stuff, right? You have to have something bright line up exactly with the black hole. And it's not like we have remote control where we can like say, hey, what would happen if I zoomed this star over here? Or let me just like pan back and forth across the sky, moving stars around until I notice one of them disappearing, right? You have to be in the right place at the right time and be looking for this kind of thing. Mm. All right. So the, I guess the answer is no, you can't see a black hole directly. Yeah, I think the answer is no with a couple caveats, right? Hmm. There is Hawking radiation, which maybe in the future we could detect, and you could see it indirectly by seeing it block the things behind it. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, let's get into the stuff that you can see from a black hole, but uh, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your 
overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, we're talking about whether you can see a black hole, and the answer is uh, no. It, it's called the black hole for a reason. It's black. That's right. But this is like the podcast of caveats because everything we say, we're going to have to have a qualifier and explain. Mm. And um, in this case, the qualifier is a pretty big one. Like, yes, you can't directly see the black hole because it doesn't give off photons, but it has a pretty big effect on the stuff near it. And that mm. can turn out to be very easy to spot. Yeah, you were telling me that black holes are at the center of the brightest objects in the whole universe. Yeah, in fact, when people saw these things, they saw they're called quasars. They were so bright that they were puzzled. They were like, what could these things be? It was a big mystery because mm. they knew these things were really far away sometimes, yet they were so bright here on Earth, which meant that they must be incredibly bright where they are. And people were really puzzled. They were like, what could be so bright? Right. It's not just like a bright star. Uh, you were telling me it, these uh, quasars are br- a thousand times brighter than the entire Milky Way galaxy. Yeah, and so what happens is that the black hole has a huge effect on the stuff near it, right? So before you actually fall into the event horizon and disappear, it's not like it's a, you can just hang out there and have a picnic, right? It's a pretty intense gravitational experience. Stuff is being sucked in. You're like at the mouth of a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, exactly. And stuff is being uh, really smushed and pulled. And so if you're like a big blob of gas, for example, near the event horizon of a black hole, then you're being swirled in. This is called the accretion disk. Accreting means just like, you know, adding. So the stuff that's about to fall into the black hole. And mm. this stuff is getting squeezed. And what happens if you have a bunch of gas and you heat it up by squeezing it, right, is it, it's going to emit radiation, right? All that mm. energy, the squeezing of it from the gravitational field gets turned into radiation, often x-ray radiation. Wow. So it's not the black hole that's super bright, but it's just like all the stuff waiting in line to fall into the black hole that's making all the noise (laughs) and the the crazy light. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like the paparazzi surrounding a star, um, a celebrity (laughs) or something, right? um, But it's direct. It only happens because the black hole is there, right? The black hole is having this effect on the gas. It's causing the gas to emit. And Mm -hmm. so you could say that you could even say that the gas is part of the black hole, right? It's a totally arbitrary Mm -hmm. definition to say the black hole ends at the event horizon. You could say the the black hole, you know, includes all the stuff in the accretion disk that's like on deck to get sucked in. Oh, it's like the band. It's not just the band. It's the bands and the roadies and the groupies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. It's part of a community, man. Um, and <laughs> it's a movement, not a not a band. Yeah, no man is an island, even a black hole. Um, and but when this happens, when you get the right kind of stuff assembled near the black hole, it's incredibly bright. And so, yeah, these quasars can be thousands of times brighter than in no- entire galaxies. But oh. we, but not every single black hole has one of these things. Oh, I see. So, uh, so a quasar is just a black hole with the right kind of stuff around it that, that is uh, glowing and exploding. Kind of. It's kind of exploding, right? Or squeezing. And- yeah, it's definitely it's being squeezed and it's not happy, or I guess it likes it, I don't know. And it's emitting a huge amount of radiation and the spectrum is really broad. You know, it's like X-ray to radio. It's on lots of channels. And oh. that's one of the things that puzzled people for a long time. It's like, what is doing this? It's such a crazy, tense source. It's super far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, part of it with the mystery was that, like, the Milky Way doesn't have one of these things. We have a black hole in the center of our galaxy, but our galaxy doesn't have a quasar. It's not emitting really? this incredible radiation. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, so um, some black holes are just there and they're sucking stuff in, but they don't light up the, the space around them. Yeah, because they don't have that stuff nearby that gets lit up, right? It's like one in a hundred galaxies have a quasar, have just the right assembly of stuff to get squeezed in to emit this crazy radiation. Oh, and how did we figure out that that's what was going on with these super bright objects? Well, you know, first we just didn't really believe the data. We were like, something must be wrong with these measurements because these things can't be so far away and so bright. 
Um, but, you know, they checked and they double checked and it turns out they were correct. Um, and then they started to believe they're like, OK, well, if these things really are super bright, what could they be? And then oh. they noticed that they were coming from the, you know, more accurate measurements of their direction. They noticed they were coming from the centers of galaxies. And then they mm-hmm. started to associate that with black holes. And then people built models. They're like, how could you get a black hole to give out this much radiation? And, you know, somebody had the idea, maybe it's the stuff near it. And they started building simulations of it. And then they could reproduce the kind of thing that we're seeing in simulations. And that convinced them, okay, we understand what we're seeing. What we're seeing is crazy radiation from the neighborhood of a black hole. Wow. Is it just the amount of stuff? Like if, if there's a lot of stuff around a black hole, then you'll get these quasars? Or is it some other strange factor? Yeah, it depends a little bit on the stuff too. Like rock doesn't, you know, give us as much radiation as gas, for example. So more gas and less dust, you get more radiation. Um, But it's the kind of thing that seemed to happen earlier in the universe. And that's not something we understand. Like a lot of these things are also really far away because further away means older, right? The farther away something is, the older the light is that's coming from it. And so for some reason we don't understand, quasars aren't really being made anymore. They're sort of like something that happened earlier on in the party that is our universe. It's sort of out of fashion now. Oh, it's like the 80s. Bright and, <laughs> exactly. bright and flashy, but no, now, now, a little, now a little silly looking, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In hindsight, you know, kind of intense um, and pretty awesome, but maybe not something we want to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, so it's something the universe used to do a lot more of, you know, when it was younger for reasons we don't quite understand. But it must mm. have to do with, you know, the distribution of gas and dust in galaxies and how that's oh, broken up and supernovas and the cycle mm. of stars. And it's all part of that really amazing story that, that is the history of our universe. So some black holes, about one in a hundred, you can definitely see because they have uh, they become quasars with the, all the stuff around them. Exactly. And I would say that that's seeing a black hole because there's no other way to make mm. these things. Like a quasar means a black hole is there. And so right. that's, you know, it's the black hole sending you a big message like, hey, I'm destroying everything around me. Pay attention. <laughs> that sounds like my... My daughter in some, on some days. Um, <laughs> Did you just compare your daughter to a black hole? Wow. <laughs> Beautiful, unique, uh, stellar, stellar miracle. She sucks in knowledge, right? She's just like a black hole for information, right? That's what you meant? Yeah, yes, a galactic uh, miracle, really. Um, <laughs> exactly. She's an incredibly but, um, powerful force. But, but it's not seeing all the black holes because not all of them form quasars. That's right. Then there's some of the quasars that are even weirder than that. Mm, weird quasar. Yeah, weird quasar. I mean, quasars already are kind of weird. But sometimes the quasar will do this thing. It'll create a galactic jet. And so oh. if you imagine like the black holes at the center of a galaxy, and galaxies are usually flat, right? They're like spirals. Not, not like a jet you ride around in, but like a, like a, like a stream of stuff. <laughs> yeah, not like a jet you ride around in at all. Although, if you are riding around in your private jet right now and listening to this podcast, please send us a donation. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, right. you have enough cash. Yeah, um, please give us a ride. <laughs> we'll do a podcast from your jet, lighting uh, cigars from burning hundred dollar bills. Um, no, this is a like a jet of stuff. Like it's mm. the stuff that comes out of the back of a jet engine. That's why it's called a jet, right? Because it creates a mm. jet of stuff. And so if you imagine a a galaxy sort of like a cinnamon roll, like it's a big flat swirl, these jets shoot up away from the plane, sort of like above and below. There's this enormous stream of really, really high velocity stuff getting shot out from sort of the top and the bottom. It's almost like an escape valve, right? Like there's so, it's so intense and it's swirling that it just kind of all lets loose in one direction. Yeah, and these things are huge. I mean, if you see pictures of galaxies with jets, the jets are like the size of the galaxy. These are not just like tiny little um, valves, you know, whistling off at the end of a day. This is like a huge, enormous um, spew of stuff going like at relativistic speeds. Right. And, and and if they do this weird phenomenon, they're called something different. They're not called quasars anymore, right? Yeah, they have a they graduate to have an even cooler name. They're called blazars. <laughs> I don't know if that's a cooler name. Oh, blazar? I'd much rather be a blazar than a quasar. Than a quasar? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Quasar sounds sort of iffy. There's like a questiony. There's like a questiony name about quasar. It's like, uh, what am I? Yeah. Am I a black hole? I'm not really sure. No. I'm quasing. No, it sounds like um, a quantum star, you know, a quasar. <laughs> but a blazer, right, a blazer just sounds like a, you know, blase. 
or no it sounds like the coolest thing you could wear to a faculty meeting like hey I'm wearing my blazer <laughs> in the 80s maybe in the 80s Daniel you'd wear your blazers with the giant shoulder pads no but the 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 reason they're called blazers is that some of them are pointing right at the earth and mm. if they point right at the earth the physics of it the relativity of it enhances the brightness of that jet like by a huge factor if it's pointing right at you then relativity increases the intensity of it and then they're just like redonkulously bright wow much brighter than even quasars brighter than even quasars yeah wow and it's fascinating because they're super bright and we don't know like why do some quasars have jets you know it must be related to the magnetic fields that's why it gets like siphoned off um, and we talked in another podcast episode about neutron stars that sometimes turn into pulsars that emit mm-hmm. radiation along the pole. It must be something similar to that, some huge forces that are siphoning off all this material and sending it up and down. But we really don't understand it. It's a huge right. mystery. But this is only like one in 10 quasars have these jets. Yeah, exactly. So now you're talking about a one in 10 out of one in 100 black holes become these uh, blazing, blazing saddles of a blase blasts. <laughs> and that's, see, exactly. Blazars are rarer than quasars, which also makes them cooler. Mm. Like, you got lots of quasars at the party, but when the blazar shows up, everybody pays attention. Right. But I guess the point is that they these things only happen around black holes. So if you see a blazar or a quasar, then you know there is a black hole there and you're, you're kind of sort of practically seeing it. Exactly. It's very clear evidence that the black hole is there. So yeah, oh. it's it's how direct is it? You know, the black hole is creating this huge stream of radiation that's hitting a telescope, which then gets downloaded to the internet. And you whiz by it on your Twitter feed and see this picture for 0.02 seconds. Um, have you then seen a black hole? I would say yes. Mm. Well, it's kind of cool that the, uh, the blackest uh, things in the universe are also the brightest. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the darkest, dankest things in the universe also create the brightest sources of radiation. Huh. There's some poetry there. The universe always ends up being poetic. Right, right. Like in the like in the 80s. <laughs> exactly. Hot pants and poetry. That's what I remember from the 80s. And hammer time. <laughs> oh, wait, that was 90s. Sorry. That was the 90s. Sorry. Well, let's get into the other ways that you can see black holes, quote unquote see. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place 
full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. All right, Dino. So what are other ways that we can see black holes? So we can't see the black holes themselves. And sometimes they're really super duper bright as quasars or blazars. Uh, but uh, what about all the other black holes? How can we possibly see them or know they're there? Yeah, so I was thinking about this. I came up with three ways to see black holes today. But then there's a bonus way we'll talk about at the end that's only going to be possible starting tomorrow. Hmm. So way number one is actually the way that we discover the black hole at the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way. And that's, again, indirect in that it affects the stuff around it. So we were talking about quasars, how they squeeze gas and make them radiate. If you're not lucky enough to have the right kind of gas near your black hole to make a quasar, you can still have a big impact on the stars that are there. Just the gravity will change the orbit of those stars. Mm. So you can see it uh, because if you see a lot of stars kind of going around something really, really massive, then you know there must be a black hole there, right? Exactly. And there's a team, I think, at UCLA that's been pointing a telescope at the center of the galaxy for a long time just to watch the orbit of these stars. And they see the stars moving around something invisible, something they don't see in a way that's consistent with something really, really heavy being there. So we don't know that it's a black hole, but we know that there's some really dense blob of matter that's invisible right at the center of the galaxy. So right. that's pretty good evidence that it's a black hole. And by invisible, you mean like it doesn't shine like a star. It's not like a giganto star. It's just something that's really massive but doesn't uh, shine. Yeah, exactly. And remember, it's also difficult to see the center of the galaxy. It's not like a clear view because all the gas and the dust between us and it, you have to see these things in, in non-visible frequencies of light, you know, like radio waves and x-rays and stuff like that. Um, so mm. even then, you're not like really seeing it directly. But yeah, they don't emit, this black hole doesn't give off radiation directly, right, as we were saying, and it doesn't induce radiation in the stuff around it. So effectively, it right. looks like there's nothing there, but... We know that it's having a gravitational effect on the stuff around it. So it's sort of like the way we see dark matter, right? We only see dark yeah. matter through gravity. We're pretty sure it's there. Um, right. Is that seeing it? Like, well, you know, it's it's um, indirect evidence, but I would say everything's indirect. Yeah, like I always thought it was pretty cool, this idea that if our sun here in our solar system suddenly turned into a black hole, like all that mass suddenly compressed down into a black hole, like things would kind of keep going the same way, wouldn't they? Like the planets would still orbit in exactly the same way they are now. And so even though you couldn't see anything bright in the middle of the solar system, you could still say there's something there, dark, yeah. black, and that has all that mass. That's true. It wouldn't change the orbit of the Earth, but it would have a pretty big effect on life on Earth, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it, things would get a little dark. Yeah, exactly. The, the gravitational um, pull of the sun depends only basically on the mass of the sun. It doesn't actually matter what the distribution of the matter is. Mm -hmm. um, as long as the, the sun's radius is smaller than the orbit of the earth, it all averages out to be the same as just like one particle with the mass of the sun at the center of the sun. Right. And so if the, you're right, if the sun collapsed into a black hole, that wouldn't change the orbit of the earth. Right. Things would just get a little chilly. <laughs> exactly. I like that you've thought about this scenario. Do you have specific plans for what to do if the sun goes black hole? <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I, it, things, it would be over. You would just see the black hole and you'd be like, all right, I've seen a black hole. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm going to call Daniel and Jorge and let them know their podcast is now out of date. Yeah. All right. So tell me, uh, what are the other two ways that uh, we can see black holes? Well, another way is from gravitational waves. So folks might remember that we saw wiggles in space and time from black holes merging with each other. 
So this is two black holes spinning around each other, getting sucked in by each other's gravity. It's like, I'm going to eat you. No, I'm going to eat you. And eventually they just like eat each other and become one super big black hole. Yeah. And when that happens, it sends off these ripples in space and time, right? Remember, we think about gravity not as a force, but as something that distorts space and time with mass. Like a shockwave. Yeah, it's like a shockwave. And these things, when they orbit each other and they, and they merge, it's a lot of acceleration that creates mm. these wiggles in space and time. And we can see those with this awesome device called LIGO, um, which sees these ripples in space and time. And they've seen like 11 mergers so far. 11? And so, wow. yeah. But um, it sounds like a lot, but it, uh, it, knowing how many black holes there are in the universe, it's actually kind of a rare thing, right? Yeah, exactly. But they can only search a very small volume of the universe so far, right? Mm -hmm. Things that are sensitive, that they're sensitive to, they have to be pretty big black hole mergers, and they have to be near enough by that the black hole, that the gravitational wave would have reached us, for example. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're upgrading it, and they're looking at it in a larger and larger volume all the time. But we wouldn't have these black hole merger events if you didn't have black holes, right? So that's another, oh, like, yeah. piece of evidence that black holes are real, that they're out there. We've seen them in another way. And I think it's right. cool to see things... You know, and we call this multi-messenger. See them with light, see them with particles, see them with gravitational waves. It's like lots of different ways to probe the same thing. And you can mm -hmm. ask different kinds of questions. And if then, if then if your model of what's going on is wrong, it's another way to figure that out, to get a clue as to what might actually be happening. Right. So you can't see the black holes, but you can see their, the shock waves of their crash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so what's the last kind of uh, way that we can see a black hole? Oh, my last way is my favorite way. It's my fantasy way, right? Which is, <laughs> what if we could what if? see them more directly? Tell what us, if, What if we could see them more directly because we could create them in the lab, right? Mm. So this is, um, you know, I like to see things directly. We were talking earlier about like, if you want to believe it, you got to see it. I think it's more than that. Like, if you want to believe it, you got to be able to make it. You got to be able to reproduce it. Like, mm. is the Higgs boson real? Well, if so, we got to be able to make it. Like, let's isolate the conditions needed to create it so we can really understand it and we can control its creation and, you know, study it. So that's what we're trying to do with the Large Hadron Collider. We're trying to create these really, really tiny, super duper mini cozy black holes so that we can understand how they're created and the rate at which they're created and what happens to them. Really? Is that really a project? Like a project make black holes? I know you have all kinds of projects like dark matter and antimatter uh, and looking for particles, but is there actually like a, a team that, that's the make a black hole team? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the project. You have to understand also that the Large Hadron Collider, we just do the same experiment over and over again, which is we smash protons together. And then there are different teams analyzing that data, looking for different stuff. Because mm. you can't control what happens when you smash two protons together. Basically, everything that can happen will eventually happen. And you just got to mm. look through all the data, see, oh, did we make any Higgses? Did we make any top quarks? Did we make any dark matter? Did we make any black holes? So the black hole team is not doing anything different from the other folks in terms of the actual experiment. They're not inducing black holes to be made, but they're looking through the data to see if there's evidence that black holes were made. Right. Well, I think we should get into the wisdom of making black holes here on Earth, um, maybe in another episode. <laughs> but I, let me just add a very quick reminder to the folks who are yeah, yeah. out there who are worried. Uh, number one, we're very confident that this is safe, that if these black holes are created, they would evaporate and there's no danger to Earth. And if you are worried about it, there's a website you can check called HasTheHadronCollideDestroyedTheWorldYet.com and we promise to always keep it up to date. Are, are you sure? Yeah. If you check yeah. that website, then you know the world has not been destroyed. Mm. What if your you know, credit card subscription ends or you're going to send the whole universe into a panic? If you don't have internet, there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> you then you have bigger problems. All right. So that uh, that's answers the question, can you see a black hole? And it sounds like the answer is you know. You, you can't see it directly. That's why it's called a black hole. But you can see all this stuff around it and the effect it, it has on on, on everything around it. And I would say that seeing it indirectly in so many different ways and understanding the physics of it pretty well, I would say that's seeing it. Mm -hmm. So I think we all understand what it means to see a black hole, but we might disagree about whether that is seeing it or not. Right, right. But taking a picture of it, like a photo from your phone, we're still pretty far away from that, right? 
Yeah. And, you know, there is a new telescope coming online called the Event Horizon Telescope. Especially the, it's basically the patching together of lots of different telescopes that are going to try to image the center of our galaxy and understand exactly where is the edge of the black hole, where is that event horizon, where is all the stuff around it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it can't see the black hole directly, but by studying in detail all the stuff that's around the black hole, we'll get a lot more information about the black hole formation and the black hole physics and is the black hole spicy or is it mild, right? All this kind of stuff we want to know about black mm-hmm. holes. Cool. Well, do they have an Instagram account that I can follow so that, it, you know, when they finally post pictures, I can see it. Um, I don't have any internet, so I can't answer that question for you. <laughs> oh, great. So the world could have ended right now, thanks to you guys, and we wouldn't know. <laughs> but you should stay tuned, because the Event Horizon Telescope is going to release their first ever results tomorrow. That's right. Wednesday, April 10th, will be the date humanity first glimpses a black hole. Now, of course, we're not going to see the black hole directly. The Event Horizon Telescope uses radio telescopes from all over the Earth and stitches that together to penetrate the gas near the galactic center and see all around the black hole. So what we're going to get is we're going to see the first image of the event horizon of a black hole, which means we're going to learn the shape of a black hole. Is it a sphere? Is it a square? Is it a donut? We're going to find out tomorrow. Well, I think it's a cool reminder that there are still things in the universe out there that are complete um, mystery, you know? We haven't seen them. We we definitely won't know what's inside of them, yet they exist and we know they exist. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that's one of the jobs of physics is to like figure out ways to probe this stuff. How can we get some information from the universe? How can we ask questions in just the right way so we can get some understanding of what's going on out there, even when we can't see it directly? Because that's the easy stuff, right? Right. Well, coming to you live from inside of Black Hole, this has been the podcast Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. Good luck, everyone, surviving the Black Hole apocalypse. Thanks for listening. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.